Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. Yeah, it's worse if you're poor. But it could be worse. Could it Life be worse though, really? Oh yeah, it can always be worse. If you're How if you're able to really enunciate the words it could be worse, it could be worse. <laughs> well, yeah. So I got a, I got some anecdotal information from somebody I follow on Twitter. They said that the uh, they got ten months of uh, some kind of assistance. They live in Michigan during the during the pandemic during the shutdown, mm-hmm. and they now have to. They're on a seven year repayment plan. Uh, they what have to, they have to pay it back to the state of Michigan, and that wasn't the worst part. They said, and they were late on their first payment, so they already have a hundred and fifty dollar penalty. Holy cow. I know. What kind of assistance is this? I don't, she didn't really say. She just said that she had gotten COVID assistance. She's a relatively uh, poor person, so it might have been some. It just, it's just, I think it's just crazy that we do, you know, poor people have it really hard. We've talked about this before, but I just want to make make it totally 100% clear. I mean, if you, if you can't afford to pay your water bill, they turn your water off, and then before they'll turn it back on, you have to pay them, you know, a a deposit. You know, you lose your first, you, right. anyway. You end up paying more money, and it's like, look, if I had all this money, I would have paid my damn water bill in the first place. Exactly. And then to find out that they're you know charging penalties on poor people who were you know broke from COVID, and now they have to pay all this back. I just it's just nuts. I'm just like, what the hell. And it's mean. Yeah, and I'm sure you've heard, because they've been talking about it in the news a lot, that the, the 10 richest people in the world doubled their, you know, their value, their net worth in uh, during during COVID. No, I haven't heard that, but it doesn't surprise me. No, it's not really news. I mean, it shouldn't be to anybody who's been paying attention, but because, um, you know, we keep hearing about uh, Bezos, you know, Facebook, uh, not Facebook, I'm sorry, Amazon. Bezos is Amazon, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Amazon having, you know, made so much money because everybody was ordering everything from Amazon. Right. Um, that was the obvious one. And then the other ones all got rich too. Because let's face it, if you were rich, you were going to get richer. I mean, there's so many things you can exploit. It's the same way they exploit green energy, organic vegetables. You, you fucking name it. Anything that they see that people are going to have to, you know, to adopt or spend money on, or you know, people, if they if they're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, people are gonna get away from fuel, you know, fossil fuel fueled cars. So that means we just have to go, you know, invest in in electric cars and rip them off there. You know, charge them two times as much as it costs because people right. will do, people will do this. You know, people buy organic vegetables; they think they're saving the planet, but you know, the the actual organic label is almost meaningless because of the adjustments the FDA has made to what that means. But you do pay two or three times as much, right? And then, and then of course, then you get into the, I mean, being a, a person on a plant-based diet, I can speak to the cost of any, you know, any vegan substitutes that are out there. They're always, like, way overpriced. Um, but and yeah, they're gross. Well, they're actually not that bad, but they're still highly processed food. They're not good for you by any stretch. I mean, I don't know. People who think they're on you know plant-based diet for health reasons should be avoiding all that stuff because it's, I mean, this is about as processed as you can get. These are foods that are unrecognizable as what they originally were. You've got 
Um, one of the things they're I, an abomination. Well, in a manner of speaking, yeah. I mean, I tried some some uh, plant based eggs that are really good. I mean, I like them, um, but they're made from like chickpeas, right? So, mm-hmm. so here you've got something that kind of tastes like scrambled eggs. It's pretty. It's a pretty close facsimile, and they're pretty good. Um, but they're made from chickpeas. So, what does it take to make a chickpea taste like a scrambled egg? I mean, you have to think that you know there's a lot of freaking processing that's going on there. I uh, ate pasta that's made out of chickpeas. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they can make anything out of chickpeas. I mean, lots of stuff. And, chickpeas and are high so in protein. If- Right. Well, I was going to say, and so if I'm supposed to be watching my carb intake, right, that's valid, even though it's highly processed, it's going to be bitter for me, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm Well, I mean, spaghetti is highly processed anyway. I mean, you can't, I, I don't know how much wheat you recognize in a spring of spaghetti. When you look at spaghetti, do you see the wheat? No. The yeah, only things that are whole foods are things that really look like what they are. And that's another funny thing. Somebody was telling me, I, I knew this, so I just thought it was funny. They were telling me that um, that they had discovered that broccoli wasn't really like a natural occurring. I'm like, no, are you kidding me? Nothing, nothing you get from your garden, no domesticated plant is anything like the original. <laughs> what is broccoli? What are you talking about? Uh, broccoli, cabbage, um uh, Cauliflower and what's the other one? Kohlrabi are all from a mustard plant. They're all okay. They, they've all been, you know. Uh, so they're like engineered foods, is what you're saying? Well, th- this has happened way before we ever had genetic engineering. This is what they do with with culti- when they cultivate things, and they and they uh, intentionally breed. You know, breed right. them so for they're like crossbred things. Yeah, they might be crossbred, and they might also just be selectively bred. You know, they take the you get a genetic modification naturally, and then you breed that kind of like you do with dogs, right? You know, when when we had the first wolves, and we decided we want to make a cute, you know, a cute little pug. There was nothing to breed the wolf with to make a pug. You had to you had to selectively breed. So you pick the wolves that were maybe smaller and puggier. You know, I'm sure it happened over, <laughs> you know, a period of hundreds of years, but but yeah, things things most of the things we eat. And that's You're why a puggy wolf. That's why garden vegetables are so picky. They're so difficult to grow. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, well, we don't talk about it, but but any gardener knows that weeds are indestructible. Right, and weeds are nothing more than natural plants. They're just the plants that would grow there if you didn't plant anything, right? Right, and they're drought resistant, fungus resistant. You know, everything resistant. You can you pull them out of the ground and they grow back. You can't. We kill should them. eat the weeds. Is that what you're saying? We used to eat the weeds, but then we decided that they weren't as tasty as this modified version that we made. All I'm saying, no, I'm I don't have a problem with gardening. Just that. I guess what I'm saying is all the stuff you grow in your garden, the peas, the peppers, the, you know, tomatoes, whatever, those things have all been cultivated to be juicier, bigger, sweeter, tastier, whatever, to suit the, the person who wants to eat it. I mean, like I said, the, those five things I listed all came from one plant, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kohlrabi, 
You know, they're yeah, all that's one crazy. Plant. I always thought this cabbage was related to lettuce. Carrots originally looked nothing like what we have as a carrot today. Well, they weren't at all the same color. I don't know if they had the same shape, but, um, you know, everything's been bred. So I guess what my point is that the, the, the breeds that we grow in our garden are not as hardy as the originals. And we don't care about that. We're trying to grow something we like to eat, right? But it's still, though, if you're eating a vegetable from the garden, whether it happen, happens to be highly cultivated or whatever you want to call it, you know, modified by us, it's still natural food versus eating something like, uh, you know, like Snickers. Well, I'm going to pick on plant-based food again, you know, like a an Impossible Burger, right? Which is, you know, something that's made from an extract of soy. And I mean, it's just like there's just a you know million ingredients, a lot of salt and a lot of, pro- you know, it's just processed to hell. Right. It's, uh, you know, most people will tell you that stuff's not, if you're going to eat a burger, you might as well eat a beef burger because if you're worried about your health, Beef burger is closer to a natural product than the than the, the plant based burger. Of course, if you're concerned about the environment and you're concerned about the health of the animal that that you had to kill to get the burger, then the plant based burger is probably better since you didn't have to kill an animal and it has a smaller environmental footprint. So there's some you know there's there's some arguments both ways. But but if you really want to eat healthy, you eat actual whole food. You know. Anyway, well, this wasn't your... about to be, I wasn't trying to get into a rant about healthy eating because that just bores everybody to tears. They're probably already sleeping and I'm going to wake them. Hey, wake up. We're talking about something else. No, no, I'm sorry. Are you awake? I just, uh, yeah, I just nodded off for a minute. Yeah, thanks. No, no, back to the poor thing. That's actually where I was going because I had written down in my notes last week to talk about the, uh, the disparities in these fires we've had. Um, these aren't really new stories. They're a couple weeks old now. But there was a there was a wildfire in Colorado that swept through some suburbs and burned nine hundred homes. And right. the last I heard, the death toll was two. So you know, there's a situation where you've got a fire being driven by hundred mile an hour winds. It it tore through there really fast. There were people that were literally fleeing for their lives and and. This one story I heard from somebody, they were at a shopping center and they got a, a notice that the fire was coming and they, she said she stepped out, she saw the smoke and next thing you know, they were just inundated with smoke and flames. And anyway, so it, it was just really fast moving. Um, so you'd think, you know, a lot of people would have died, but you've got a bunch of people who are, you know, pretty affluent, right? It's a suburb of, you know, some city in Colorado. It's got a, you know, I'm not saying everybody's rich or anything, but they're not starving. They've all got cell phone or mobile phones and they've got cars. And when they got the notice to get the hell out of Dodge, they got in their car and they got out of Dodge, right? Which is yeah. great. That's what you would hope well, would happen. And also probably their houses are further apart. Well, in this case, that hardly mattered because this fire just swept through like, just, but anyway, I digress. The, well, it would matter that they're more sparsely populated than if they're more densely populated. Well, yeah, and it also matters how many people are living in a home and all that. Because if we don't know what happened with the two people that were killed, but let's just say that those two people were living in a, you know, duplex with twenty other people, and that duplex got overrun before anybody could get out. You'd have you'd have twenty people dead instead of two. 
which is right. kind of where I was going with this because I'm just using this as a, even though they're very different situations, there was another fire in the same time frame a couple of days later in a row house. It was actually a duplex in Philadelphia. And in that case, 17 people died. And in that case, there were four working, no, I'm sorry, four smoke detectors in the building, none of which were working. And there were 18 people living in that building in a duplex. Right. So uh, obviously there wouldn't have been nearly as many deaths if it had been, you know, I do air quotes here, a normal duplex where you had maybe a family in each side and a family of four people or something. But this happens because you're poor, right? When you're poor, you live in tighter quarters, you know, you share your, you know, have more roommates. Well, unless you're going to college and then you just have a lot of roommates. <laughs> but, uh, and, and nobody, you know, replaces the batteries and the smoke alarms or whatever, or maybe your landlord, right. you know, that kind of stuff happens more when you're poor. And I'm, I'm not saying you can't be negligent and I'm not saying they weren't negligent, but obviously if you don't have money, you don't have resources, it's more likely that this sort of thing happens. And the statistics bear this out. I mean, they, they've, I've read, I've read a big long story one time about poverty being the number one killer and that your life expectancy dropped by like 20 years if you were poor over if you were fairly affluent. Well, Um, sure. I mean, we've talked about that before too, because health insurance and what you were just talking about food, the healthier food is more expensive. Right. You know, everything that is beneficial to a healthy and longer life is more expensive because capitalism because yeah. we don't give a shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just these outcomes are so, you know, disparate. And, well, I mean, I'm sure we talked about it back in the day when this was a big news item, um, Flint, Michigan, when they had their, uh, you know, lead in the water problem. That was all because they were poor. It was all because the city was trying to save money on, you know, they couldn't afford to pay the treatment for the water treatment. And so they right they did it on the cheap. And, and then all these people that, you know can't afford much of anything, end up being poisoned. And, and that's still happening. That's still ongoing, by the way. That's not over. We don't hear about it anymore, but it's not over. And that's of course, depressing. Sorry? I said that's depressing. Yeah, well, and all those kids who were affected by the lead, you know, back when uh, when it happened, even if it had ended in a year, which, it, you know, it, it can't because they're still replacing lead pipes and stuff. But... Even if the kids, you know, even if the water had been fixed, those kids, their development has been stunted because lead is really hard on your brain development. Right. It's too late. Yeah, so they're going to have, you know, some potential problems, you know, possibly psychological issues, possibly just mental developmental developmental issues. And uh, who's going to pay for that? They will, you know. But I think what annoys me most about this whole poor thing is that, uh, you know, we spend so much money. Like, you think about the TSA. I love to pick on the TSA because after 9-11, all of a sudden, we had to spend, and I'm not exaggerating, trillions of dollars to prevent, you know, another plane from being hijacked. And if you think about how many people have been killed in hijacked planes, yeah, it does happen, right? It it happens, and it's sad, and we we would love to have that number be zero. 
But when you think about the fact that we spent trillions of dollars to save, let's say, maybe 200 lives over the past 20 years, Mm -hmm. and then you think about how many lives you could save if you just spent that money raising people out of poverty. Right. It's not, there's no, uh, there's no comparison. Not at all. I mean, you'd save thousands of lives if you just gave, say, universal basic income or maybe some better housing, you know, I mean, just hell, homeless people. How many homeless people freeze to death or die on the re- streets every day? We, we don't even have these numbers available because nobody wants to talk about it. Well, this is just an uplifting episode of Life's Hard Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I did have I did have a, another a story that was kind of a confession, but uh, it's probably not uplifting. It's um, <laughs> it's no good news here. No, I was just thinking about it. I was thinking, you know, I've kind of flushed my whole life away because when I I have a, I have a, a we'll call it a what do they call it a superpower. That I've you never do? shared with anybody because I've always been Ooh. a little embarrassed about it. But I probably this could have been rich. Good. Sorry, I said this will be good. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's something that I've always just kept to myself. Uh, so I'm going to share it with everybody today, and it's this is really personal and it's super secret. I've never told anybody, and so what happens is I shit perfect scale models of. You know, buildings, famous statues, things like that. <laughs> this just took a left turn. And I've always just flushed them. You know, I've basically flushed my future away mm-hmm. time and time again. And uh, you don't even have to save them now. You could just take a picture and make an NFT. That's true. Out of them. Make a non fungible token. Today, I shit a scale replica of the Eiffel Tower. Mm hmm. It's perfect, you know, in every detail. I bet. I looked at it and said, well, there it goes, down the drain. <laughs> C'est la vie. Sorry, it's a depressing episode, man, but, you know. Yeah, that is some amazing shit, though. It is. It is, I'm telling you. And, you know, and I should have shared this with the world years ago. I just felt like I, it was just, I mean, well, how do you how do you tell people this kind of thing? How do you... <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Right, right. That's why they made it. Oh, really? I'm fairly certain. Yeah. I, well, I knew I missed my, uh, missed my. Uh, I was. I mean, obviously, it's opportunity, but I was hoping for a better word there. Calling my calling is. Yeah, I, I just took the wrong job, I guess. But you know, I, I wouldn't have had to work for a living all these years. I wanted to be a starving artist. So what else has there been besides the Eiffel Tower? Oh, oh, like like statues, you know, like the statue mm-hmm. of David, yeah. you name it. It's it's I mean, it's just something different. Pyramid, Great Pyramid, you have yeah, one of those? Something different every day. Some of them hurt coming out. I was going to say I bet that one was difficult. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's some really hard, you know, pointy ones that just don't <laughs> don't go. They're not a smooth move, you know. Uh, oh man. It's Weird. tough. But, hey, you know what? We all have our cross to bear. You know, it's... Uh, <laughs> do you think when, when um, what's his name, pasted, painted the roof of the Sistine Chapel? Was it... Uh, Michelangelo. Was Michelangelo, yeah. yeah. Do you think that was easy? Nope. So Certainly not. Yeah. Shitting an exact thinking. replica wasn't easy either, but I probably had an easier time than he did. Yeah. 
He was thinking life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been the first one to say that. You never know. Uh do you think he do you think his descendants moved to Minnesota? I think Buddha was the first one to say that. Wasn't he? Yeah, that reminds isn't, me. Isn't Buddha the life is suffering guy? Yeah. Something like that. You know, I always get Buddhism and uh Hinduism crossed not I don't get them confused, but I when I'm saying like when I want to say Buddhism, sometimes I say Hinduism, and there's a big difference, big, big difference. Partly the militant aspect of it, because the, the Hindus are almost as bad as the Muslims and the Christians in terms of wanting to kill other people from other religions. Um, you know, India is a primary, primarily Hindu country, and um, Pakistan is primarily Muslim, and they used to be one country, and they split for that reason. Um so the Muslims got left in India get persecuted in India, and the Hindus that got left in Pakistan get persecuted there. And there's a few Christians scattered about, and they get persecuted in both places. But <laughs> that's life, you know. I think the population of India is like 3% Christian. That must be rough. I'm sure it is. Probably like shit and sandpaper. Yeah. But you You're know, all about the shit tonight. Yeah, but I don't have any faith, any sympathy for any of these people. They're all, in in my opinion, they're all just defending indefensible beliefs. But, but the Buddhists, they have a really interesting belief system, and that's why I think a lot of uh, celebrities and you know, I don't want to say free thinkers because I'm not going to say all celebrities are free thinkers, but people who have the money to kind of do whatever they want to do uh, are attracted to Buddhism because Buddhism is, you know, it's it's, it's an, kind of an enlightened thing, if you can call any religion an enlightened thing. You know, they, okay. don't, they don't profess a specific God. You don't even have to believe in God to be a Buddhist. It's not a requirement, which I think is really weird, but they don't really have a God per se. So... That's interesting. They just they just have the life force or whatever, right? Yeah, they believe a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, they're into the whole yin and yang and whatever. I mean, that's may not be Buddhist, but you know that kind of thing, right? It's the whole. Yeah. But I I like the Buddhists in the sense that they are not out to kill everyone in other religions. They're not like that. They're you know there's and and that's where I say I get I get them crossed up because I'll be. Somebody would be saying, "Oh yeah, the Hindus are you know blowing up a train or something." I'm like, no, Hindus don't do that. And I'm like, oh, that's right, the Buddhists, it's the Buddhists that don't do that. It's the Hindus, yeah, <laughs> Hindus. Oh yeah, we're used to them. Yeah, well, they're in here every Friday night, slamming shots and. Well, I mean, the Israelis, people, the Israelis are in trouble again. They've been blowing shit up again and killing people. And Oh, and the uh, Israeli police, apparently, we talked about a long time ago, the um, that Israeli hacking tool that they were selling to governments and saying, well, it's not our fault if they use it for something, you know, bad, because we told them not to, you know. Right. Turns out yeah, that, I kind of remember that. Yeah, well, it turns out the Israeli police, I was just reading today, the Israeli police are using it on Israelis, you know, people that are like anti-government protesters or whatever. So there you go. It's like great. Everybody's spying on everybody. 
Well, you know, anybody who thinks they're not being spied on is kind of an idiot. And and if you think, okay, so here's here's my last note because we're going to run out of things to talk about. But if you think for one minute that you don't care about being surveilled because law-abiding citizens should have nothing to fear, you need to think about the fact that you may be a law-abiding citizen today, but that doesn't mean that you will be tomorrow. You know, right, because they'll change the law. They'll right? change the law. The government may change. You know, the, the, if a totalitarian government comes in and says, you know, you're not allowed to do this, and you say, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway, or you decide to protest or whatever, maybe, I mean, protesting could easily become illegal. They've There are some states in this country that have made protesting virtually illegal. And, you know, they always try to, you know. Well... Kind of probably depends on the protest. Well, yes, it depends on the protest, but they've made it more onerous to you know to protest so that they're they're they have more more ways they can arrest you for what you used to be able to legally do, which is my point. You you think well, I'm a law abiding citizen. I'm not going to do anything wrong. Therefore, they can have all this information and they can track me and they can all this and all that. Well, guess what? First time. You know, someone changes their mind about what the law is and whether or not you are a good person because maybe they'll just decide that, you know, yes, you've been able to vote for this particular party all your life and nobody's cared. But all of a sudden now when the, uh, you know, the opposing party has got total control, now they just want to know who who happened to be voting for the wrong party all these years, you know. But my point is that once they know, once they decide they're after you, now they've got a trail of information that they can use to incriminate you, to track you down, to, you know, all that stuff. So I personally think we shouldn't be so easy to give up our privacy. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm a law-abiding citizen. It's fine. It doesn't matter to me. Speaking of all that, you are mentioning protests, um, and that reminded me of the January 6th. Thing. Oh, the insurrection! Yes. Yeah. Did you uh, did you read what the plan was? Like I read recently. You mean the one by the Oath Keepers? Who are those? They're the ones that have just been arrested for actual uh, insurrection or conspiracy to commit. I don't know what what I'm talking about is how apparently. Oh, you mean, the, vice you mean the master plan? The, yeah, the yeah, political yeah. plan. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Did you read that? Yeah. Amazing, huh? Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, explain it first. So, Well, if you're talking about the plan to discredit the election and, and have, you know, all, all the way up to having the vice president, you know. Well, well they had like seven different states yeah. that were going to purposefully send... Different electors. Wrong, yeah. yeah. Alternate electors or whatever, enough to cast enough doubt that yes. I don't I don't remember exactly how it worked, but like Pence was like pivotal in the plan, except they had contingencies both ways, like whether he went along with it or whether he didn't go along with it. They All gonna, they had to do was was have to be able to invalidate the vote however they did it so that they could get the House of Representatives to to do the election because they would have won then. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying to, to intervene in the electoral college and it yeah. was nuts. It was, it was 
a good article. I don't remember where I even read it. I wish I could. Well, you could read it in the Atlantic. You, but um, the Atlantic has all this stuff. They have all the details on the stuff leading up to January sixth and January sixth and the latest stuff on the Oath Keepers and and their plan. They're part of it, but. Yeah, but the overall plan, the big plan is the one you're talking about. Yeah, that's the scary one because in a way, um, they didn't succeed, but they could have succeeded given a couple more, a little bit more cooperation. And that's what they're putting in place right now is those, you know, if you want to call them cogs in the in the whole machine, they're putting those cogs in place now where they have Republican, you know, majorities in states so that mm-hmm. next time what they tried to do this time will work. Jeez. Yeah. So, so that, so that totalitarian state where they all change the laws and hunt you down may not be that far away. Oh, and of course not. And you should never assume that it is. We're looking at major political change in this country. And if we do happen to skate on that, if we do happen to somehow get through this and stay together and work out a better governing system, we've still got, you know, a huge ice shelf in Antarctica that's going to break off in the next five <laughs> to ten years and give us two feet of sea level rise. I mean, you you can't you, you can't play this stuff down because two feet of sea level rise means like uh, something like, you know, 20 million people that live on the coast will be homeless. You know, and then, of course, We've had tornadoes in December this year, you know, this past year, you know, major tornadoes, not just like trivial, oh, gee, there was a tornado. No, wiping out like towns and shit like that in western Kentucky. Right. And so you combine that with, you know, with the political unrest and the economic problem of all the wealth moving to the wealthiest people and the poor getting poorer, um, you know... I, I think a best-case scenario, and it probably isn't a best-case scenario, but one of the things that I would like to see kind of happen just to put the rich people in their place would be for the poor people to say, okay, fine, you've taken all of our money, none of us have any money left, so we're going to just switch to a different form of currency. We're just going to decide we're going to barter with each other, or we're going to have our own currency, and fuck you, your money means nothing. Because that would yeah. be one way to balance the equation out a little bit better. But that's just me, you know, speaking off the top of my head and just not a well thought. Well, that was the idea behind uh, Bitcoin and all that, right? Well, it's kind of the idea, but unfortunately, Bitcoin requires a lot of technological infrastructure. I mean, if you if you're trying to, from a peasant level, if you're trying to have a revolution, you sure as hell don't want to be dependent on the internet. Well, yeah. Um, because that's something else poor people ain't going to get. But what my plan tries to do is avoid a violent coup, you know, a, a violent takeover. Just basically just say, look, we're just we're just not going to use money. We're not going to use the American dollar. We're going to find another way because, let's face it, we don't have any money, right? We can't get any. It's being basically taken from us. And and by the way, if this, if this house that I'm renting from you, if you want it back, you're going to have to come take it back. So, you know, good luck. And that's not going to happen. I mean, no Squatter. no Jeff Bezos is going to show up at your front door and say, you know, you have to move out. He's going to have to have an army, right? And the goal would be to to have that army be with us, you know, but who knows. Uh, and, the, and the way that works is the money has to be worthless, right? 
Because if you can pay them, there will always be mercenaries. There will always be people for the right amount of money will will do anything. But if the money means nothing, if they're like, we'll pay you $1,000 to go evict these people, and the guy's like, well, what's $1,000 worth? Like, I can't spend that. I can't go to the grocery store and spend that $1,000 and buy groceries because nobody there will take my money, right? Mm -hmm. That's what has to happen. Because otherwise, they'll always be able to buy somebody. Oh, right. speaking of that, we're out of time, but hey, did you see the movie Don't Look Up yet? I was going to ask you the same thing, yes. Yes, I love the ending. Yes, I have. I love the ending. The movie was yes. a little bit ludicrous, but it was definitely it definitely had parallels with reality. Um, but the ending was, <laughs> was hilarious. Yes, I enjoyed the ending I don't want to well. give it away. I don't know spoilers, but I got I to hey, go. Hey, that's a first. No spoilers. Look at that. Oh well, there's a lot of people that haven't seen it yet. I assume, and it, it is it is a fun ride. It's you have to have patience with it because and I don't that's think what, it's, Netflix. It's a yeah, Netflix it's original, Netflix, right? Netflix, but it it's I I gotta say, if you watch it, you gotta be patient because the movie's not like uh, an award winning movie with award winning actors. It it's. There are times when I was like, this is a little lame, getting a little old. It does have award-winning actors in it, though. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Leonardo want... DiCaprio. Leonardo Jennifer DiCaprio Lawrence. is like a one-hit wonder. Meryl Streep. Well, yeah, Meryl Streep. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Uh, but but the part she played was ludicrous. I mean, well, I mean, the whole movie was ridiculous. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's kind of my point, is you kind of got to bear with it a little bit. Because the ending yeah. is worth it. The ending, the ending is worth it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It just, it just. What I liked was that the guy who knew everything about you. You know, he's like my company knows, like knows how you're going to oh, yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, it knows yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. do before you do it. Right. This mm-hmm. the Facebook guy, basically. You know the the Facebook analog. Um, he predicted that she was gonna be killed by a you know what you want to because but nobody knows what it is and yeah that was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh I love it you're, was, you're you're wandering on the border of the news no spoiler uh, I know I know but that's just enough that. to that's just enough to wet their whistle and make them want to watch it that's all yeah. All right, well, All right. I I guess we better wrap this up. It's been 34 minutes and 5, 6, oh my 7, goodness. 8. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Life was hard, but it could be worse. Life was hard, but it It'd could be worse. It'd be easier if you didn't listen to this podcast. Life is hard, but it could be worse. It's just depressing. <laughs>